podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the post-apocalyptic Spurs show. Uh, it's very, very weird. The first Spurs show I've ever done, not in the studio, after 13 years. I'm cooped up. I'm self-isolating. Also self-isolating with me tonight via the magic of the internet. The voice, the sort of dismembered voice tonight of Tottenham Hotspur, Mr. Paul Coit. Sir, how are you? I am self-isolating. It is lovely to be self-isolating alongside you. Well, this, obviously not alongside you, but not, from no, distance. That would, that would defeat the purpose. True, it's, yeah. It's a very weird time. Also joining us tonight on a very, very weird time where there's no football. We never know when a ball is going to be kicked in ang- uh, anger again. A man you know who's written many, many wonderful books on uh, Tottenham Hotspur and its various players and is now one of the main contributors on this wonderful, huge tome available now at the club, the Complete History Collector's Edition. Adam Powley joins us. Good evening, Mike. Hello, Paul. Good. There's no sort of weird live... There's no kind of... Actually, there is a bit of a weird live aid sort of um, <laughs> sort of slight pause. You know? Yeah. Who would you be? And what act would you be yeah. then? Uh, would you be the Phil Collins there going across both sides of the Atlantic if you yeah, were right. if you were live aid? Would you be Simon LeVon's Simon voice breaking on a view to a kill? Where, what where would you was, be there? Where was Phil Collins? Where did they do it from America? Can you remember? Philadelphia. Yeah. Philadelphia. Yeah. And he flew over on Concord to Philadelphia... <laughs> From Wembley, with the the wonders of modern technology. That's right, because yeah. they because um, Bowie and Jagger, one was going to be in London, one in Philadelphia, until yeah. literally a week before. Then someone said, "The time delay. You can't sing together live. You yeah. you you won't hear each other at the same time. It's going to be a nightmare." There we That's are. This show this show has this show has a little bit of everything. <laughs> right, so uh, gentlemen, it's it's the weirdest time for. Everyone sit alive. It's 6.20 in London. It's 12 o'clock in Philadelphia. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Is that it? That's the end of it. <laughs> you remember? Well done. And it's live. <laughs> exactly. I know. Uh, it, it's the weirdest time. Uh, we're recording this show on a Tuesday evening. It's finally been announced that the Euro Championships have been delayed a year. Um, we officially were playing uh, West Ham next Friday. Uh, I don't think we will be. Um, I personally can't see us playing for the rest of the season. But, uh, I mean, Paul, you're obviously connected with the club. Where are you? Where are you with your job at the moment? What's going on for the rest Um, of the season? Probably up in the air, probably as high as Phil Collins was when he was flying over the Atlantic between Philadelphia and Wembley. I don't know. I don't know. All... It's the same as everybody else. It was all conjecture and rumour. We didn't know whether we would uh, be working for the Manchester United game. Uh, then we all breathed a sigh of relief and realised the game had been cancelled. And <laughs> and, uh, and and so, so honestly, I don't know. I mean, it, it's the same with my, my show on, on TalkSport and TalkSport 2. You know, every morning I'll go in and it's like, yeah, OK, you've got a job for another day. And we just don't know. It's the same but as all but, this, I guess. But your, your radio show will continue. You, 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 you could be the Vera Lynn of this Do you virus. think so? That, yes. Yeah. Funny enough, that's exactly how I saw myself. There we the are. the horse's sweetheart of the coronavirus. Yeah, nothing exactly. that could be. You know, exactly. <laughs> you know, you're, you're out there. You can open the window and tell us what's going on outside. Yes. 
Um, but it's it, it's Adam. I mean, wh- wh- where do you think this is going to play out? I mean, the latest Adam is this season will be played out if it means us playing in May, June, July. There's talk about starting next season later. Um, what's your gut feeling on it? I think if if anyone is saying such and such is going to happen, then it's probably the right thing to do uh, and think, yeah. Uh, and how's that going to happen? It, it's just surreal at the moment. I think things are so much up in the air. Uh, there's so much confusion that any kind of like prediction about what we're going to do, about how things are going to work out, are essentially a bit redundant. Um, but for what it's worth, I expect that they'll they'll try and find some way to finish off the domestic seasons. Obviously, they've moved um, Euro 2020. That's postponed until next year now. Um, the priority, I guess, will be to try and get the domestic seasons finished somehow and then the knock-on effect for the start of, of next season. But genuinely, it is so unpredictable, the situation at the moment, and it's just it just feels surreal. No, no one really knows where we're going. Because, Paul, the other thing is, you know, we forget there's the Champions League, Europa League, the FA Cup. Yeah. Um, it's just, I mean, knowing Spurs will eventually come back and we'll still have injury problems. I mean, <laughs> you know, to be quite honest, what what I personally, if, 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 if I was running the Premier League, uh, as a diehard Spurs fan, I would be calling the season null and void. <laughs> yes. I, might, I, would do, I might give Liverpool's behind closed doors, here's the trophy, but don't show it to anyone in case we catch the virus. Just put, yeah, it, sure. in the, put it in the locker. Um, I would therefore, next season's Champions League would, would continue from whoever finished in the top four last season. Um, and, I, and I wouldn't have any promotion, any relegation. Now, I know that... Uh, that's crazy talk. The lawyers are sharpening their pencils as I say that. But I generally can't see if this virus, the very fact that, you know, Boris Johnson this week has said, you know, I mean, I, I'm I'm an asthmatic. I've got to stay indoors for three months. So you're kind of right. looking at mid-June before anything can kind of happen. Yeah. Uh, you've then got nine, was it about nine or ten games left to play, plus the FA Cup. Even if you played twice a week, that's another five, six weeks that brings us into that brings us into mid-August, and then do you presumably then you don't have a pre-season? What you just go straight into another season? You need to fit in a transfer window. You could end the season with players who never played for the club before who have now joined. They, at some at some stage, someone's going to go. No, this is this has to end now. What do you reckon? Blimey, I, I, I think after everything you just said, I don't think we're going to have time to get anything in over the next couple of years, are we? It's it's going to be really tricky. It's um, uh, it's interesting because in that time, and I was saying this morning, that gives enough time for Harry Kane to get fit, get injured, get uh, get fit, and then get injured again uh, by the time the new season comes around. I, I honestly don't know, and it's really difficult to be logical about it. I think it would be as as painful as it is for me to say this. I think it'd be incredibly unfair if Liverpool ended up walking away from this with nothing. I mean, it's the, the season they've had has been remarkable. And for us to actually end up back in the Champions League again would also seem really unfair, but I really like the sound of it. So I think, Mike, you're onto something, but I just think a, a season has to be finished. I don't think you can start another season until the other one's finished. Uh, although I'd heard rumours that UEFA in the, um, in the meetings that they've been having today, that it was brought up that they want, all the different leagues, whether it be the Bundesliga or La Liga or anywhere else, uh, to all come into line and do a similar thing. And that's probably 
um, to actually end the season and just start all over again. But I, as as much as how we feel about Liverpool, I, I, I'd feel really sorry for them because if there was the ultimate Spursy thing to have happened, that would be to Liverpool, wouldn't it? To be like two games away from winning it, to actually walk it and then not to actually be given the title, I think it'd be really unfair. I mean, Adam, the other thing that, that hasn't been factored in, today I saw on Twitter... Uh, Tony Clanthus, the Barnet chairman, has said that where we are in the National League, we're losing £100,000 a month. Um, now, as of today, I'm putting all the staff, all the coaching staff, all the players up for sale. Yeah. Any more delay? It's not. Let's forget about the Premier League for now. Clubs are going to go to the wall. So the, the longer you drag things out, surely that's going to be worse. Surely... As Paul said there with UEFA, you got to say. I mean, I know, I know. In the uh, thirty-nine, four, uh, whenever the, the the thirty-nine season, World War Two, I think they're only two or three games in, and they made they they made that season null and void. But but surely, if it drags, you've just got to go. We need to move. It's now. It's August. We. It's now normally the next season. We need to move. You know what? Give them the title. And I know Leeds and West West Brom fans won't be happy with that. But at some stage, there's got to be a finish. There has indeed, and I think you're kind of sort of hitting the nail on the head that there has to be some kind of conclusion, but it's extremely difficult for anyone to come to that conclusion and make some kind of uh, decision. You're dead right. You're talking about clubs like further down the pyramid. I mean, they exist on a day-to-day basis, basically, and immediately mm-hmm. they're having that lifeblood for them, which is games, like that, you know, money coming through the gate. They can't be sustained without it. Um, I mean, this raises all kinds of bigger questions about how the economy is going to be uh, treated in any case. We had an announcement today just just a few moments ago mm. about um, an injection of 330 billion or something into the company, yeah, into the into economy businesses. in yeah. terms of loans. So let's let's see what the substance is around that. Um, and I'm sure, you know, some football clubs will be at the front of the queue for that. Um, but... <laughs> You mentioned the point about lawyers and what it is. You've got so many competing organisations. You've got mm. the Premier League. You've got the English Football League. You've got the other national leagues. You've got UEFA. You've got FIFA. You've got the other regional bodies. Um, and in a way, whatever the conclusion is, not everyone's going to be happy with it. In, mm. you know, more likelihood, more people are going to be unhappy with the situation. And then yeah. it's kind of like open season. Like what happens like with the lawyers starting digging into it and all the various contracts? It's mm. it's a mess. Yeah, I mean, and the other thing as well, I mean, I, again, I saw on Twitter that Sky Sports has said, yes, of course, we're not going to charge all the pubs and clubs that take our you know, live uh, game service because there aren't any. But, you know, the... the you know, the TV companies pay the Premier League a lot of money. Uh, they've paid for games that haven't happened. So you can see why everyone wants these games to be played. But again, you know, you, again, look at the bigger picture. People uh, who could have financial hardship, who could afford Sky next season, who could afford season ticket next season. There's so many, so many aspects you need to sort of play in. I, I, I you know, I a decision has to be made at some stage and and that can't drag on either can it Paul uh, yeah Adam's right there's you can't please everybody it's impossible there's there's going to be no decision that's going to come out where everybody's going to go you know what that's fair enough we'll mm. go with that because there's always mm. going to be people that are unhappy if 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 they start the season again and, and if the premier league teams meet which um, you know whether this is absolutely true that at least 14 i think it is have to agree 
um, to what they what is proposed. So, for example, if you go through the league at the end of the season last year, mm. it's just going through them and thinking, now, are they going to be happy to pick up where they are or not? And then go through where the league is now. And, and I think you'll probably find the majority would actually say, yeah, let's go again. Because obviously everybody down the bottom, if, if we go up to what? 12th place maybe maybe 13th they're going to say yeah you know we don't want to take the chance let's go again we, we, we will uh, we'll start the season again it's only Liverpool uh, maybe Leicester they're not they're they're going to yeah. not going to want to start again are they? And, it, and if you work it out with the numbers and and, and the teams I think um, the decision would be really that that they would want to start this season all over again and, and count it null and void. But the, then the, you've got the worry of all the other leagues as well and how they're going to carry it. I mean, the teams that won't be happy, as you mentioned, there'll be Leicester, yeah. Chelsea, who are in top four, Wolverhampton Wanderers and Sheffield United, who've still got a chance of getting into top four. So there's at least four, and obviously Liverpool, four or five teams. So you're probably right. If you're saying 14 vote, making it null and void would probably, uh, therefore... Get through. So as you said, I the think it would, six yeah. would. Yeah, yeah, I think you yeah. think you're absolutely right. So uh, let's go with that. I say. <laughs> well, yeah. I think you're. I, look, I, I, I generally think, as I said, I know it's really unfair for Liverpool, Leeds United, West Brom, and one other. But that's only three teams. Let them sue everyone else. Let them get money. We we have to move on at some stage. And let's move on now as well. I mean, again, it feels like an eternity ago that we actually played a game, but it was yeah. only last, it was only last week. It was last week. Um, we obviously went to Leipzig. Um, most Spurs fans, unless they're mental, uh, didn't think we had a hope in hell. And we were right. Uh, it was another kind of lackluster uh, performance. Um, and one could argue we're lucky only to lose three nil Paul. How did you see the game? Um, well, the thing is, it's one of those things. I'm usually in bed by eight thirty to get up at quarter past three, and usually with and and and, and it's like okay, I, I always go into go into a game with hope. I always do. I always still get that feeling in the stomach, thinking you never know. But then, obviously, within uh, a little while, it was that that it was like okay, this is this is just not going to happen. Um, I don't think we were surprised, to be honest with you. I don't think anybody was terribly surprised. But I try and look at it and think. You know, look at the injuries we have. It's not only just injuries we've got. It's injuries to incredibly key players. Mm. And I, I just think it's it's just one of those seasons that it's just not happening for us. It's as simple as that. Uh, it was really disappointing, but I can't say I was terribly, terribly surprised. Um, I just don't know what the answer is, to be honest with you. And, and I think we'll only be able to start making some decent ideas about what we can do and what's going to go on once everybody's fit and then we look at it because mm. I just don't think it's right at the moment. I mean, Adam, now, you know, it's, uh, you know, Harry Kane will be back soon. On some men, we're back soon. Sissoko, we're back soon. But the the, 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 the why for a lot of Spurs fans, even before that, injuries aside, is formation-wise and tactically, you all kind of, we all kind of thought whatever happens, Mourinho will shape this team, defensively will get it strong. We're just an utter mess. I mean, in a very short space of time, we've gone back to where we were, let's be honest, under Pochettino near the end. It's just an absolute mess, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's, um, I mean, it made no secret of the fact that I'm not Jose Mourinho's biggest fan. Um, but I think regardless about that, that there, there are issues for the club to resolve on a much wider basis. It was interesting after 
in the aftermath of that defeat against Leipzig, there was a lot of press coverage. And it's kind of predictable, but I think it was it was right about this sense that this is the end of an era now, um, the end of a cycle that the club's been in where... Um, you know, we we competed against the best teams in the world and we came very close to it, but for whatever reason, weren't quite able to get over the line. And, it, you know, that inevitable cycle of that, that teams go through. Um, so Spurs are on that kind of downward shift now. Um, but I do think the problems go beyond the immediate in the sense of, for whatever reason, the manager isn't able to motivate the players he's got. We're crippled by absolutely key injuries in key positions, as Paul's saying, you know, and that's going to have a big effect on any club in that situation. But I think it just brought it into sharp relief of the club needs to decide now, OK, what are mm-hmm. we going to do? Which way are we going? Are we going to uh, persist with the management we've got? And, you know, they've invested considerable uh, finances and also faith in, in the guy that they've appointed. So you hope that they're going to have the courage of their convictions and going to stick by that. Um, regardless of what was going to happen this season, this summer was going to be a key, key time for the club in its rebuilding. Um, uh, in With any manager, you know, uh, regardless of kind of how you feel about them individually, you've got to support them. So, I don't think it's it's fair necessarily to judge like what Mourinho has done, given all the circumstances and the fact that he hasn't been in the job too long. It's um, we're at a bit of a crossroads at the moment, mm. so we're going to have to see how things pan out. Mm. I mean, it's a real shame, Paul. I know you can't be too scathing because 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 you work at the club, but mm. you know we really kind of thought that when we went into that Champions League final game in June, you know, a lot of optimistic Spurs fans really, yep. really thought and hoped this is the beginning of a wonderful new era. In hindsight, it was the end of of a team. Um, so surely you've got to, you, there's no point bringing someone like Jose Mourinho, whatever you think about him, and then not giving him a chance. Surely now the board has to back him financially. It was interesting. Um, I don't know if you saw the um, minutes from the Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust that the, the mm. normal meeting they had with the board and, and Levy, I'm paraphrasing now, but effectively said, you know, just spending money on players doesn't necessarily mean success. And one could argue, we look True, at yeah. currently something like Tanking and Dombele, you could go, yeah, but there you are, that's our most expensive player and he's not quite there yet. Do you think Mourinho's got to be given the time and the money to reshape yeah. that side? Absolutely. Absolutely, he has to. It's, it's, it needs to be a team. If he's going to manage the club, and he is the manager of the club, it has to be built in his image. He has to... If you look at the coaching stuff, I mean, this is... I think uh, the whole idea of Mourinho coming in, and I think he came in to reinvent himself. He's yes. scoured Europe. He He's brought in a, a brand new coaching staff, everybody different, and thinking, right, this is the way we're going to do things. I think he, it's very difficult for him to manage the... Uh, as I mentioned, I don't want to keep relying on the... and keep going back to this injury situation. He has had a full squad to play with, and I'm sure there's players that he thinks, yeah, OK, I really like you, and I don't like that person. It's going to take time, and we yeah. have to be patient. I mean, if there's any kind of, you know, silver lining here, Adam, I mean, you know, as as Jose kept saying in the last few weeks, certain players, um, Mora, Winks, absolutely dead on their feet. Um, what this... this uh, weird break is 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 going to give these players is they're effectively going to come back whenever they do uh with a more than a pre-season there's no euros now 
they're going to be all, all all recharged. I mean, I know they've been training all week. Let's talk about next week. Them now finally being given time off. The, the the thing though that Spurs fans are worried about is is how we're going to set up with Joe. Look, I know Son and Kane will walk back into that team. Sissoko will walk back into that team. But there's a big question mark at the moment over the goalkeeping position, um, the right-back position, the centre-back position, the defensive midfielder position. There's 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 a lot of movements got to happen in that transfer market. And let's be honest, and we know from the last God knows how many years, that's probably not going to happen, you know. And and Levy's already said if we don't get to the Champions League, he's got fifty million pounds to play with, plus whatever he can sell, um, and then bring in. Well, <clears throat> there was something else that emerged from um, those excellent minutes at the the trust in the meeting with uh, uh, Daniel and the board. Um, and there was something that Daniel Levy said where he made mention, again, I'm paraphrasing, but there there was not a direct correlation necessarily between what you spend mm. and what you achieve, which yeah. I can understand. But at the same time, he's also been maintaining that line that we had to have the stadium with the extra revenues that it brings in in order mm. to compete. So there seems to be a little bit of a discrepancy there. All yeah. that said, I can perfectly understand the model, right? And I applaud the model that Spurs have employed. Self-sustaining, only spend what we can produce. Don't try and, you know, wait for some sugar daddy to come in and, and spend billions, which you can't effectively do under financial fair play regulations, et cetera, et cetera. So the, the model is sound. I think kind of what's, what's happened how high we got with getting to the Champions League final and then the decline which has just been so rapid. I mm. think that illustrates how the club had been overachieving for quite a few years. Yeah. So in a way, maybe this is a little bit of a reset. This is kind of, actually, this is where the club is, given the personnel it's got, given the, um, the expenditure and the budget it's got <coughs> compared to other teams. Mm. Um, there's one thing about Jose Mourinho where I just think it's it's odd what's going on because he's made his reputation on uh, making teams solid and tight, especially like with the defence. You kind of look wherever he goes is that that's one of the first things he does is that he organises the defence and makes the team very difficult to beat. The opposite seems to have been the case with Spurs. Now, that could be down to lots of reasons. Again, down to injuries. It could be down to all kinds of upheaval. It could be personnel. Players like maybe Lloris and Vertonghen and Alderweire, you know, we've seen the best of them. But however that's resolved, it's it's got to be probably a combination of two things. That Mourinho rediscovers his mojo in order to be able to effect that and to rebuild the defence. And more likely that he's going to be need, he's going to need the resources in order to replace key individuals to, to improve the, the personnel that he's got to work with. I mean, the other thing, Paul, that's now thrown, obviously, I think, up into the air financially is is this, the coronavirus now because um, se- season ticket hold, if the, if the season doesn't finish, season ticket holders will have to be refunded for games they didn't see. They factored in, I don't know how many, how many, what, three, four more, four more home games, four or five. Yeah. You're now losing close to a million pounds in food and beverage, uh, plus all the corporate seats on top. Uh, plus gate receipts. Um, so the club are losing money uh, as opposed to making money at this time. Again, and, that, and look, that that goes across all, all Everybody, teams. Yeah. 
everybody yeah. so you can see it you can still say it's a level playing ground but then again you know it, it makes it even more difficult to uh invest in in new players who knows maybe the players prices will be reduced slightly you never know <laughs> how about that, that, that could um, be it. everything will take like a wage cut yeah yeah uh, yeah well look guys i'm an economist i understand exactly how this works <laughs> Yeah. Well, look, let's um, let's have a short break. And after the break, we will try and look forward as much as we can. We're going to talk about the wonderful new book uh, available through the club, uh, Tottenham Hotspur History, his, the Complete History Collector's Edition. And we'll talk about a few other bits and pieces. We'll be back after this very short break. I'm Josh Schneiderweiler. And I'm John McKenzie. We know that the football news cycle never slows down. But sometimes, don't you wish it did? On the Football Today podcast, we give you in-depth analysis of the most interesting stories from around the world of football. And hear from the most knowledgeable journalists in the game. You can listen to each episode in the time it takes for a single commute. So join us now and subscribe to Football Today, wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. That was the break. Uh, welcome back. Um, just heard there one of the ads there for the Football Today podcast. It's the first show I've done since um, this promo has been going out. Um, a lot of us now will be at home uh, looking for things to listen to and watch. Check out the Football Today podcast. It's a general football show, but it's some really, really good in-depth conversations uh, about Tottenham. Just uh, subscribe, look at all the subjects, um, and it's well, well worth checking that out. A few other bits and pieces now. Um, Spurs show season ticket holders, obviously, and reluctantly, we've had to cancel the event on the 31st of March uh, with Norman Giller. Uh, we will reschedule that one. Currently, our event with Steve Sedgley on the April 28th, as, as we record this, is still going ahead. But obviously, everything's out of our hands. If we can't walk into pubs and clubs at that date, which is about six weeks away, uh, then we'll have to move that as well. Uh, Ask him about the ostrich. Though, Don't forget that. Because okay. if you have Steve Sedgley... Uh, Gazza, do you remember when he brought the ostrich, that famous story about bringing yes. the ostrich to the training ground? Because That was for Steve Sedgley, and that's because he used to look like an ostrich. So, okay. so, so you know, we may have to wait a long time for the story. We don't know, but, but you must ask him about the ostrich. I will certainly ask about the ostrich. <laughs> and also, if you're at home and you want to listen to, go to patreon.com slash Spurs show. Uh, we've added today, if you subscribe to the Spurs Fix version, which got loads of interviews, loads of ex-players, uh, documentary series, Pete Hayne has added episode two to his Spurs Secret History uh, series. And the ex-voice of the lame Willie Morgan has got a wonderful series, Spurs on Record, where we've just dropped part three, which looks into the making of the Tottenham Hotspur party album and Tottenham Tottenham. Uh, wow. Trust me, it's it's something else. It really is something else. And next week, Willie's on the show with Rick Mason and Ali Speechley. And also, uh, we're recording later on this week, live from Khuchin in Thailand, an exclusive interview with Gary Stevens, uh, ex-Tottenham Hotspur, 1984 
1990. Uh, right, uh, Adam, let's talk about this book that you're a big contributor to. I know the main writer has been Bob Goodwin for Spurs Anoraks out there. Bob Goodwin wrote, uh, amongst m m many other things, the wonderful Spurs to Complete record, which uh, I've got every sort of edition of. I use it as my research tool uh, before I conduct any interview. And this book, uh, published by VSP Publishing, and we'll put a link at the end here, at the end of the show, and you can get the book directly from the club. Is I mean, it's sort of gone onto the radar because everything's going on and various... Stevie P had his book coming out. It is something else. Do you want to tell us a bit about it? Yeah, I mean, exactly right. When you say that about um, Bob and, and his reputation, Bob is the kind of like the don of, of Spurs football records and information really um he's you know without the books that he's written uh, previously uh, like the complete record and and uh, uh, the other books that he's put together um i wouldn't have been able to do half my job because he's always been the source to go to yeah. that you know he's going to be uh, able to provide that um, really reliable accurate information his knowledge about the club is unsurpassed it's you know going right back into the dim and distant uh, origins of the club um, he's uh, a collector as well so he was able to get access to really really good material fantastic archive material um, and he's just such an avid Spurs fan and mm. a knowledgeable Spurs fan that he brings to bear all this accumulated knowledge and expertise um, and he's written books previously but this is kind of uh, distilling like all his his expertise his knowledge and the story about the club combining it with fantastic illustrated material as well to tell this kind of literally like the complete story of, of the club in one box set because the the Spurs on record books for those of you who don't know basically has every single season um, from, oh God, I'm just trying to remember, from the 18, I think 1896, every player, who played in every game, what was the attendance? I mean, it's just extraordinary. And well, I know... It's, it's amazing, absolutely. I, yeah. I, don't know, back that up. I, I don't know whether you do the same thing, but it's ridiculous because anything that I do know the date or a result of, I'll still have a look at it and look it up just to prove myself right, yeah. although I knew it was that day anyway. But you know what yeah. I mean? Go, oh, yeah, I know that. that yeah, we played uh, we played Queensborough Rangers, 14th of February, 1976, lost 3-0. I better have a yeah. look. And there it is. Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah. yeah, I know it's there. I know that's right. But I, I, I always do that. When we do our uh, monthly Spurs show season ticket shows with, with ex-players, I always use this. The problem I always had was that I think the original book maybe went up to 92. So anyone yeah. post-92, I don't have any information. And then someone said, oh, no, there was, a, there was another edition. It came out and it goes beyond that. But the one now that you can get effectively goes up to last season. It's, well, it's it Everything has been updated and it's just extraordinary to see. It is. It is fantastic. It's been updated. It's been expanded. It's been like improved on so many levels. Um, you know, it's not just dry information. It's not just those vital yeah. statistics, but it's also about the character and the heart and soul. You, you hear this as a cliche a lot about the DNA of a club. Well, Bob, Bob understands the DNA of Spurs and that comes shining through in his writing and, um, you know, where it's like focus on managers, on players, on great games. Um, a lot of them that he's seen and witnessed himself, a lot of people that he's known and spoken to. So he brings to bear all this accumulated knowledge and, and understanding of what makes the club tick in, in one uh, fantastic package. 
Uh, but there's obviously two books. That's one of them. What, what? Tell us about the other other book that comes into this huge the, package. Yeah, it's a combination. So you've got this kind of like very very nice, nicely produced like boxed um, set, and then you open it up and you've got two leather bound books. And one is the the complete statistical record. Um, although that you know worth emphasising, that's not just uh, names and numbers. That's like mm. plenty of fantastic illustrated material in that as well. And then you've also got the uh, complete illustrated history. Uh, and that tells the club from, you know, the story of the club from its origins up to the present day, um, but with really great insights into, like I say, you know, the characters around the club, the important central figures, be they managers or players, um, the great events, the games, the important games and, and all the kind of nitty gritty and ephemera around the club as well. So you do get that complete illustrated portrait of Spurs. Adam, Adam, can I ask you a question? Where, where do all the pictures come from? Because you look online and, and, and then I see <laughs> pictures in these books. They're just unbelievable. So where, where do they usually come from? Um, all, all over the place is the answer to that. Most of them will come from archives, established archives. And a lot of those are searchable online. But these photo archives are enormous. You know, for example, like Mirapix, I think they've got something mm. like 350 million images in their various um, archives. So that's a matter for the picture researchers and, and Doug Cheeseman, who's the designer for VSP Books, who's fantastic at that job mm. in tracking down those images. Um, some of them come from personal collections as well. Uh, there'll be original documentation, um, archive material at, that, at the club. So you get that real feel you know, these are these are the artifacts of Tottenham's history. Um, so what you get, that combination, all those things draw together to to create this complete visual identity of the club. And that's the thing, Adam. It's you know, people listening now might go, Well, I've got Julie Welsh's official biography. This is more details, much, much bigger. And obviously, as you said, the photographs are here, obviously the biography didn't have uh, as it's not as big as this, it's just not as detailed, is it? Sure. Uh, look, you know, there's there's many ways to to tell a story, um, mm. and, and and even though if you get that kind of idea of the general history about a club and the chronology and the the games and that factual detail, um, there's always different ways to interpret it and to tell that story. Um, mm. I mean, you can see that if we go and watch a game today, we'll all have different opinions of it and different kind of feelings about. Uh, the game itself and the players and the individuals and the atmosphere. Yeah. Um, and Bob's a master of that. And, mm. uh, you know, the contributions that we've got in the book pro provides kind of a different perspective um, and, and multiple angles on the, on the club. So while it's a familiar history, a lot of it in itself will be revealing and provide a different insight into the club as well. And, and the interesting thing is, is this book is only available through the club, a bit like the famous Tottenham Opus was a while back. Uh, yep. It's a limited edition. I think it's £80, I think, from memory. I think they're charging £80. Uh, you can only get it at the club. So it's not like it's something you can just pick up on eBay and Amazon. You can't. And if you, like me, is a kind of collector of every single book that comes out about the club, I I don't, and especially now we've got a lot of time on our hands at home, uh, <laughs> I really would urge you to to go out and get it. And, and what have you, what have you, what did you do with this book? What did you contribute to the book? I, 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 I contributed some of the, the features that are in the book. So some of the, um, you know, special profiles of players and managers and, and other things that were, were, um, that helped to tell the story. Um, so I played my small part in it, but it's, it, this is primarily um, um, Bob's book. It's his, his um, 
uh, labour of love is probably the wrong way to describe it, but the, the, the love for the club is certainly mm. evident. Like you can just see it kind of like it drips off the pages. It's a real, Let's... real class piece of work. Let's put you on the spot there, Adam. You just mentioned there you've done features on managers and all that. Who, in your opinion, is the Tottenham manager that's kind of, in in, in hindsight, looking back at history, is the most underrated manager that we've ever had? Uh, Terry, Jose Mourinho. Terry Neal. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't resist it. Um, yeah. Uh, it, actually, the, the whisper there, like Terry Neal, um, controversial to say this because he's never going to be the most popular person at the club, but he was kind of a, a key figure in some respects. Um, he was instrumental in Steve Perriman staying at the club. Um, it's arguable without Terry Neal being there that Steve Perriman would have left. Um, and we all know kind of like how central Steve was into the in the rebirth of the club after relegation and then coming back to the fore and, and winning trophies again. So he, he played his... Um, kind of undervalued but significant part in, in the direction of the club um, over years to come. Um, it's of the more recent crop. I think, you know, I've always got a soft spot for, for Martin Yole. Um, yeah. I think because of his character, I think because of just the general, the, the way he conducted himself, the way he made you feel pretty good to be a Spurs fan again after some pretty lean years. And he was part of that, you know, he was instrumental in getting us back on the road. We've had a kind of like long um, rise um, to where we've been in recent years. And um, I think, you know, particularly when we look back on it as the years sort of progress further on, we'll, we'll recognise that, that Martin Yell did a, did a really good job for the club. Absolutely. Paul, would you agree with that? I mean, he did bring us, he took us into Europe after a long time. I know it was the, the what was there, the UEFA Cup. But would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I, I don't know whether he'd be... I don't think he's certainly underappreciated by Spurs fans. I think everybody looks at him very dewy-eyed and, and thinks of, of what he did do. And and he certainly was a, a hell of a character. There was no question about that. I remember he always turn up. If there, there was, a, I mean, we used to have quizzes at the ground and then he'd come, you know, bounding in and he'd be there to do that. He'd always be there at everything and uh, and always good fun. I mean, the end, it was it was a bit sticky towards the end. We weren't so good at the end. But they, then again, we've seen that with every manager, haven't we? However good they've been, uh, it rings a bell probably a bit more recent as well, that things have been absolutely fantastic. And then for some reason, it all goes a little bit, bit wobbly. But yeah, he was um, he, he was a hell of a guy, was he? How many years now since he's gone? Are we over 10 oh, yeah, now? Good question. Yeah, wow. yeah. Should know it is about 10 years. I think you're right, yeah. 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 I, think you're, you're, I think you're right, because, I mean, um, AVB came in. Well, he was manager well, when that, you started that, the yeah. show, though, wasn't he, Mike? Yeah, um, it he was. Martin Yell was there. We did start the show in two thousand seven. Yeah. Uh, then obviously Harry was it. Harry came in next, was wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Harry was yeah. in. Oh, no. Yes, Harry. Oh, when, Harry when after. Was after okay, uh, one day Ramos. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Uh, Sorry. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Martin. Martin, <laughs> Martin then Ramos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then Ramos. Then Redknapp. Then uh, yeah. ABB, wasn't it? Tito, Jermaine. Uh, and yeah. Then, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> let's not forget the wonderful contribution of Jacques Santini. Uh, yes. You know, who, who at the time, you know, the world was he World Cup winning manager or whatever. And just it was just the weirdest thing. We were so excited when we heard that he was coming to Tottenham after the World Cup. He was expected to win the World Cup, though, wasn't he? Let's face it. At yeah. the time, France were, were favourites to win the World Cup. And it's like, we've got the France manager. This is going to be the guy. And then it didn't go so well for France. And then he came in and then he disappeared. He was my first manager actually working there. Oh, was he really? Yeah, What yeah. was he like? 
Um, I, I actually saw him leaving through the front door. That was probably as close as I actually got to see him. And then it was Frank Arneson and then Martin Yole. But apparently... Uh, Martin, Martin hated him. Apparently, Martin did not like him, and uh, there was a little bit of a power battle, I believe, between Martin Yole and uh, and Santini. And then, of course, then we know that, that Martin, uh, as an American said to me, uh, got the hat. So that was it. And yeah. um, and then he took over from there, which was never the idea in the first place, because he was just the assistant, wasn't he, with Frank yeah. Arsenal overseeing? He was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you could argue Spurs as well. I mean, you know, again, he came across no one who kind of expected it. Uh, Harry Kane, um, son, you could argue, has been better than I thought. Pochettino, we do almost get quite lucky with certain appointments, and uh, let's hope that continues with, with Joe. So now, uh, we'll see if someone, someone's passed out there. Uh, <laughs> there. oh, another injury, <laughs> yes, another one's gone. Another one's gone. Well, look, Adam and Paul, thank you so so much for joining us on this very strange. Strange, weird, disconnected Spurs I show. I know. Surreal uh, Spurs show. Yeah, no, enjoyed it. It's been great. Thanks very much. Thank you so much for hanging around and technically. How are you doing, Mike? Have you got cabin fever yet? Are you, are you actually going out? Are you, are you, is no, it, you I'm, I'm driving I'm yourself so, crazy I, two days in now? My my, my, my kids, I, I pulled them out of school because I disagree with the message given right. by our government. I've pulled them out. Um, and because. Uh, because I, I get a free flu jab and carry an inhaler, I yeah. am therefore asthmatic. And, and, and according to latest reports, I have to self-isolate for three months. So right, okay. the amount of old Spurs games I'm going to be watching on YouTube, <laughs> it's why I've, I've started. I'm What's the watch- first one? What are you going to go for? What's your go-to game then? You think, yeah, I'm going to go straight for that. Wh- wh- which one would it be you go for? Well, I did, I did, I've already done one. I did watch the 84 UEFA Cup uh, highlights of leg one and leg yeah. two all over again because I had to write some questions for Gary Stevens, who is part of that team. So sure. I've gone in quite big. And I think that game is probably in what, top three of best games you've ever seen at White Hart Lane? It's got to be, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's got to be for sure. So I started with that, but it's going to get to the stage when I'll probably even be watching games on YouTube, games that we lost. It'll probably be <laughs> that, that, you know. But anyway, thanks for joining us, uh, gentlemen. We'll be back uh, next week. Uh, we will endeavour for all our wonderful listeners around the world for many, many years. We will endeavour, despite no football, to keep uh, churning out this tawdry low rent content uh we'll hopefully have some more uh ex-player interviews and hopefully we can all together the tottenham hotspur family i've always loved the spurs family i've met so many wonderful new friends through supporting this club and hopefully all together we can all stay safe and uh stay together in these very very strange times yeah. uh paul and adam thank you so much until the next time come on you spurs Up the spurs This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at spurshow.net. Sports Social Podcast Network.